Hey, my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. I love week six or episode six of season one of The Chosen. If you didn't watch it, um, there was uh, Nicodemus, this religious Pharisee who's, who's looked to be um, as an authority figure to people who want to chase after God. And he's one of the very few who's starting to open his heart to maybe I'm not supposed to be the authority they look to. Maybe I'm not supposed to have all the answers. We do talk about a Messiah that we've kind of all grown accustomed to going now will come in the future. Maybe he's here. Maybe he's coming to my lifetime and he's he's um, having some showdowns with one of his understudies Schmiel or I don't know he smells like Schmiegel to me you know who's 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 a villain in another trilogy series come on my precious come on and, and maybe that's maybe that's why they named him Schmiel because he's holding on way too preciously to the power of religious authority and you know and they're having these interesting conversations but I love Nicodemus it's coming I think it's next week I can't wait to share about his account in John chapter 3 talking with Jesus at night but there's also Matthew a tax collector who we know is going to become a disciple and um, he is a tax collector the Bible tells us he was but I love how the show depicts him as like seeing the miracle of the great catch of fish and being so mathematically minded like I know debits and credits I know when things add up there is no way for that to happen there is no way that that could have happened yet my eyes saw it and he approaches Simon and his brother Andrew and says, I tried telling Rome and Rome doesn't believe what I saw, but I do. Am I deceived? Like my mind can't account for this. Like this is a different way of rationale. And I love how God um, just moves beyond the natural. And the two big highlights of um, the, the sixth episode are two big miracles. I don't have time to break down both miracles. So I would encourage you to check out the latter miracle at the end of the episode where Jesus heals the paralytic man who has four friends who are so full of faith. They're like, I know where you could be healed. I will dig a roof through a, a crowded room to get you in the presence of Jesus because I know if I could get you there and Jesus touches your life, then you will be healed and Jesus heals a paralytic man. I think that, that that's a foretaste of what's to come today. I believe God's going to touch some people today because I got faith. Do you have faith this morning? But that's not the miracle I'm talking about. The miracle right before it, according to Mark and Luke's gospel, is um, the miracle of touching a leper. And so uh, we're going to break down this. If you have your Bible, go to Mark chapter 1, and you'll be there by the time we start reading it. If you've got a smart device, that works too. Just uh, open it up to Mark chapter 1. And, uh, but let's first, let's watch um, uh, the miracle of the leper and how Jesus interacts with people who have major problems. She was crazy. Just because I run a charity does not mean I have to buy rocks from every old lady. You are passing through. I do not recall seeing you before. I come from Tyr. The mallet is carved of maple from Sidon. The chisels are bronze. The trowel is tin from Phoenician North. Hmm. My, my. Lucky me. I do not often see items of such quality. If only they were not brought in by some stranger passing through. They weren't stolen. 
if that's what you're saying. I can justify 20 denarii. You're joking, that's a fraction of what they're worth. Ladies and sticks, I beg you. Leper, you are marked! You couldn't just die? You had to take us all to hell? You were more forbidden within four cubits! Take it and go! I didn't mean you. Any harm. My tools were all I had left. We had to leave Bethlehem when I was two years old because of Herod. He... You lived in Bethlehem? During the massacre of the innocents? I did. I know the story. Herod had every child in the area under the age of two killed. Yes. It was very sad. Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? <laughs> Come on. It's a leper! Stay back! Cover your mouth! Don't breathe his air! Don't come any closer! It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 Rabbi you cannot... It's disease, you can't... You are willing. You can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. I am willing. <laughs> be cleansed. Jesus touches your life, it changes everything. Uh, the, the miracles that Jesus did touch deep. You know, sometimes if you're familiar with the miracle stories, they can become almost common to you, and you're like, oh, this is good entertainment. But when you realize just what it meant that he did, and he actually still can do, and what he wants to do. See, the miracles were not for Jesus to show off. It wasn't for him to go, look what kind of powers I got. No, it was for him to, to share more of his heart for us. And, and, and I want, through this account, to talk about some of the passions Jesus has for us and break down this miracle account on what it tells us and how he feels about us. If you're in Mark chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 40 as we read the biblical text of what we just saw. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, 
pop quiz. What was the posture of this person towards Jesus? He's kneeling. He's kneeling. When you get in desperation, when you need a move from God, you get accustomed to kneeling. And I just want to encourage, we can't become foreigners to kneeling, right? I, don't, I know this is a movie theater, but I don't have no shame in my game. I'll kneel in the middle of the floor uh, of a movie theater. I'll kneel beside my bed. As I grow older, I'll kneel beside a railing to help me get back up from kneeling because I don't want to power lunge no more without a little bit of assistance. But I am still not going to grow foreign to kneeling. I, 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 I'm going to continue to choose that before God, my posture will be one of humility, one of honor, one of respect, and one of just choosing I'm going to kneel before him. Can I encourage you, if you've gotten away from the habit of kneeling in prayer, it's not just cliche. It's not just what some do. A lot of people do. I want to encourage you to continue to find yourself in that posture because it helps me remind myself he's Lord and I'm not. Come on, and I need his help. And so he knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. He says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Now, move with compassion. Jesus touched him, and he said, I want to. Some translations say, I'm willing to, and other translations say, I want to, because the, the uh, Greek right there means the same thing. I love that terminology, I want to touch you. I want to heal you. He said, be healed. And then instantly, say instantly. Come on online, type in the chat. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Come on. There are some instantly moments. There are some suddenly moments in the house of God or in the presence of the king. You can expect that sometimes my healing comes gradually. Oh, but that's not always how it has to be. Sometimes it comes instantly. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord. He did some instant works in my life. He took some things away from me. I talked to one of our dream teamers on the prayer team before this experience, and she said, when I met Jesus, he instantly took a bad temper out of this lady. Come on. God can do things instantly say instantly I see in this miracle three passions of Jesus and then one response that we should have um, towards him for it so I hope you're taking notes I would encourage you if you're not if you didn't bring a journal then maybe take out your your notes app on your phone and take some notes because I believe God wants to use this not just for today and right now but throughout your life tell your neighbor take some notes boy <laughs> three passions Jesus has for us number one he went. He went. Right before verse 40 and this account of talking to the leper, verses 38 and 39 says Jesus, who's been ministering and doing some miracles and drawing quite a crowd in Capernaum, wakes up at like 4 a.m. Before, before the dawn, and he goes out to meet with God, and he's spending time in prayer. Simon, after a period of time, comes and finds him. He's like, bro, it's showtime. It's time to come. The crowds are coming. You'll never believe who showed up. I mean, it's getting hype up in here. It's time to go do your thing. Show them who you are. Come on. Let, reveal to them you are the Messiah. Come on. Let's go do it. And Jesus' response was this. He says in verse 38, Jesus replied to Simon, no. We must go on to the other towns as well. And I will preach to them too, for that is why I came. Listen, Jesus doesn't just set up a shop 
and, and, and just stay in one place. He doesn't go, this is where it's going to be, and all of y'all come to me. Come on. He says, if you're not going to come to me, I'm going to go to you. We can never be a church that says, well, we're a church with four walls, and this is where we meet on Sunday, and you need to come to me. We hope you come to me, but if you will not, we will be a church that goes to you. Come on. And the church doesn't have walls. The church is you and I. We are living stones. It's living inside of us. So the church goes along with you when you show up to work on, on Monday morning and all of a sudden some people up in there need a healing. How many of y'all know a leper where you work? With? Okay, anyway, uh, I, I, metaphorically, you know some people, right? Or, or Jesus goes with you to your house where maybe your family member said, I'm not waking up to come with you today. Oh, but he comes home with you later today. Come on. The church is not four walls and a building. It's not Capernaum and come and find it. It is Jesus saying he went. He went to them. He said, we must go on. I know we're drawing a crowd, but there are other people who need to hear the good news of the gospel that Jesus saved. And so he says, we're going on. But, but, but Jesus, there's a crowd. There's already a good thing happening. It might be good to those who are here, but what about the lost who have never heard the goodness? We're going on to them. In other words, he was saying, I'm going to the leper because the leper is an outcast. They would have been forced to live on the outside of society. In other words, the leper has no authority or permission to come into Capernaum, much less in the middle of a crowd listening to Jesus. So Jesus said, I'll go to him. We got to go on to this next city because I bet he knew there's a man who needs me more than the people waiting in Capernaum. And we'll go to them if they can't come to us. When, it's, when I say he went, to me it means he didn't avoid, he engages. Come on. There's so many people that we might avoid, right? Come on. You see them coming, Zach, and you're like, uh, 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 you stay on that side of the room. I'll stay on this side of the room, right? Or if you're passing by and you're like, oh, don't make eye contact because then we're going to be in a long conversation. Ain't no getting out of this one, right? You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like the good Samaritan who says that brother's hurt. I'll pass on the other side of the road. Jesus said, uh-uh. The good Samaritan is the one who engages. I don't avoid the hurt. I don't avoid the broken. I don't avoid the leper. I go to them. Number one, Jesus went. He went. He got out of his comfort zone, and he went. He not only left his rule, reign, and authority and throne in heaven because he went to the earth to be born into human flesh, to be limited when he was never limited before, to be limited by space and time, to enter into a dynamic because he went to us. And then he went from Capernaum because he knew other people needed to hear it. And he's also, he went to the cross because he knew you and I can't save ourselves so he did it for us. Jesus went. He went. And so we should never be a church that sits. We should always be a church that goes. Because if he goes, we go. Come on. We go where he goes, and we got to take this message out. Just two stories later in the Gospel of Mark, some people show up, and they're like, do you know who Jesus is eating with? <laughs> Y'all act like he's all special. He don't even know he's eating with tax collectors. And they literally say this. Why does he eat with the scum of the earth? That's what it says in your Bible. And Jesus responds by saying, when Jesus heard them, he told them healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I came not for the righteous. I came for the ones who are hurting and know they need healing. He went to them. Everybody else is like, you should avoid those types of people. 
Jesus said, that's who I'm rolling with. That's who I want at my dinner table tonight. And that gives me a check in my spirit that if he went where he was uncomfortable, if he went where the believers were uncomfortable, if he went where the Pharisees were uncomfortable, then who am I to be a follower of him and not step into uncomfortable situations from time to time? I don't want to go there. If I take a picture with them, everybody will think this. So I will not go. I will not talk. I will not be in that place. And Jesus goes, you can stay here. I'm going. There's a broken person who needs my help. And I'll leave Capernaum. I'll leave the revival in order to meet with one lost sheep. I'll leave the 99. Come on, write this down. He came to you, so don't hide from him. He came to you. So don't hide from him. You ever heard, you ever talked to somebody before where you can read it all over their body language? In fact, they're making it obvious all over their body language that something's wrong in their life. And, you know, they're giving you that, that look or like, hmm, you know, and you're like, what's the matter? And they're like, nothing. And you're like, you liar. Like, come on. You and I both know something's wrong now because you, you lying. And you're like, oh, nothing's wrong with me. And they're isolating in the corner of the room. And you're like, why are you acting different? Nothing's wrong. And you're like, come on, open up. I know something's wrong. I wonder if Jesus isn't sometimes saying that too. I'm knocking on your heart. Open up. You won't shock me with anything you tell me. I already know what the brokenness in your life is. So why are you going to make me ask 400 times? I'm here. I'm drawing on your heart. Open up. He went to you and I. Number two. Number one, he went. Number two, he will. Verse 41, Jesus reached out and touched him. He will do what no one else is willing to do. He, he will bring healing. He won't just go there, there. <laughs> Have a better day. I've had you on the back. No, he will heal. He will touch. He will interact. Do you know that when Jesus interacted with this person, he was committing social suicide? Literally, his social, his social network was about to drop him in a cancel culture society where we know how you say this, you do this, you act like you roll with them, and all of a sudden it's like, I ain't listening to anything else you say, right? Don't we do that? I bet the disciples wanted to say too, you can't touch this leper. Do you understand what leprosy was? Leprosy was considered to be contagious uh, uh, medically, like, don't you dare touch me. Come on, we can, uh, we can associate with this in the middle of COVID. You got COVID, stay back. Four cubits. <laughs> what, what did that purpose say? What did that guy say? Hades and sticks. <laughs> How dare you come to my party? You found out when? <laughs> Thursday? And you came to my party on Monday? I didn't find out till Thursday. <laughs> Right? We can identify with these people where they were like, stay back. But it wasn't just that I'm scared to get it medically, but it was also you're contagious spiritually. Because to have leprosy was a sign that you sinned and you're not a very good follower of God. That's why you got cursed. The reason you got COVID, the reason you got leprosy, the reason your life's all jacked up is because you a sinner. And you pay it. Right? I don't know, maybe some of that's mixed in, but a lot of that was false teaching. And so they said, you stay on the outsides. In fact, this is what Deuteronomy taught to the leper. I'm sorry, Leviticus taught to the leper. Leviticus 13, 45 said, if you ever have leprosy, 
you must tear your clothes, leave your hair uncombed to cover the lower part of your face. What does that look like? <laughs> and go around shouting, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. As long as you have this disease, you are unclean and must live alone outside the camp. Get outside of society. You jacked up. Nobody wants you. When you yell, I'm unclean, it's so that we can all spread apart from you. So we can avoid you. And God says, I ain't avoiding you. I'm engaging. I'm going into the middle of it. I will. He was like, if you would just touch me, if you would just spend time with me. And he said, they might not touch you, but I will. I like how the disciples respond. You can't touch him. It'll shut down your ministry. If you touch him and you get leprosy, all our work's for naught. Like, shut it down. We're going to take a COVID break. He'll resume his store in 10 days after we quarantine. <laughs> Not only most people didn't come back from leprosy. Jesus said, I ain't scared of all y'all's rules. You, you, I will touch the untouchable. I will go. Come on. Listen, I, I, I wrote this down. He, he, he did things and touched things no one else would touch. Jesus touched the untouchable. He loved the unlovable. He desired the undesirable. He accepted the unacceptable. He cared for the uncareable. He cleansed the uncleansable. And he cured the incurable. Come on. When no one else will touch you, number two, he will. He says, come on, tell your neighbor, he ain't scared. He ain't scared. You know, it's like, you can't do that as a Christian. People will talk. Jesus said, let them talk. Because I didn't come for the healthy ones who are going to talk. I came for the sick ones. And right now there's a leper who needs my attention. So if y'all all want to spread just because I touch him, that's fine. But I'll leave 99 just for one person who's hurting. And so that means whatever you're dealing with today, he will leave it all to touch you. He will meet you. You are not too far gone. You are not too far jacked up. I have talked to people numerous times, and they're like, oh, pastor, I don't know if God would forgive me. And, I was, and one person said recently at a funeral, she came to me, and she said, I think I did the unpardonable sin. I don't know if God will touch me. I said, okay, tell me, what makes you want to be right with God? She said, I want to be right with God. And I said, what makes you want to be right with God? She said, I want to be forgiven, but I don't know. I've done dumb things. And I said, the Bible tells me that if the Spirit draws you, no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws you. Sounds to me like the Spirit's still active in your life. Why don't you just respond? Why don't you just say, I believe He can touch me. I believe He can touch me. Because if you were unreachable, He'd probably leave you alone. He'd probably say, leper, go on the outside of the city. No one wants to see you anyway. He doesn't. He's somewhere. He's drawing you. He's drawing you. So, so respond. Come on. And, and listen, just I, I have to say this. In, in a cancel culture society, I think there are people, there are shunnies and there are shunners, but all shunning needs to be shushed in my mind because Jesus shushed all the shunning. He said, y'all won't touch him? I will. Like it, it was just an action that said, I'm not going to cancel this man and think that he is worthless because he's got a skin disease. I'm going in. You don't have to come with me, but I'm going in. And so we have got to be people, if we're going to follow Jesus, that not only he went, number two, he will, but number three, he wants. Verse 41 says that Jesus said, I want to 
be healed. He told the leper, I want to heal you. It wasn't a, because he got me cornered. It wasn't a, are you going to leave me alone until I do this? Because if you, I, I just trying to get you off my front porch. I got better things to do. There was none of that spirit in Jesus. He said, you're not wasting my time. I want you. Like, like I want to do this. Like, I, I knew who you were, and I knew your brokenness, and I was hoping you'd come to me. I was hoping you'd reach out to me. I was hoping you'd try me. Word spreading about me, but I wanted word to spread to you that if you try me too, I want to fix things. I want to heal things. I want to set things right. You were created in your mother's womb with my image in mind. I created you. I'm ready to restore you. I'm ready to refresh you. I want you to come to me. I'm not going to be surprised by your brokenness. I'm not going to go, leper, you should have told me. No, he says, I, I want to. This is not me appeasing you. This is not my way of ev evasive tactics. I want to. I got up this morning hoping to. First Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says, God our Savior who desires, someone say he wants, all people to be saved. I'm sorry, how many people? Uh, does that say the people I like? Does it say the people I'm comfortable with? Does it say the people who are in my social networks? Does it say the people who I get along with? <laughs> Does it say the people who, who, who I choose to? No, it says all. That means God is the one who says to Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell them that there's forgiveness of sins. And he's like, I don't want to go to them. Come on. And we know some people are like, they can rot in hell, right? You don't know what they did. And God says, I want to go to them. And he also goes to the dead girl where they're like, don't bother the Savior anymore. She gone. Come on, like, like, this ain't working. You might as well shut up shop, let him go do other things because there's no touching her. And he says, no, I want to do that too. I, I, he went, he will, and then he wants to. He wants all people. Put that scripture back up. He desires. What does God desire? You're like, hey, I, I, I love God. I want to meet his desires. What does he desire? Let me tell you, it's not chocolate-covered Oreos or, you, you know, double-stuffed. Come on. Oh, praise Jesus. Come on. It's not this uh, heavenly cake I had from Lewis, Delaware this past week, and if I find out the name of the bakery, God help me. Come on. It's not that. It's not that. What does he desire? All people to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, there's no one he doesn't have time for. Have you ever met somebody before? Or maybe you feel this way where you're like, my problems are problems, but they're not as big as other people's problems. So don't waste God's time on them. I once talked to one of my family members and I said, hey, I'm going to pray for that. And he said, no, don't pray for that. People have bigger issues than that. And I said, don't tell me what I can pray for. God told me to pray about everything, right? And so I'm going to let, you think God doesn't care about this? He's like, people got way bigger issues. Don't waste God's time on it. I'm like, do you think God's schedule's full? <laughs> God wants to hear. In fact, write this down. He's not burdened by your burdens. He wants to touch your pain. <laughs> we can think, I don't want to burden the Savior of the world <laughs> with this issue. <laughs> But I need a parking spot that's not a mile away. It's getting hot outside, right? No, come on. <laughs> God wants 
to be burdened by your burdens. Jesus said, come to me, all who are heavy laden. Anyone who's got a burden on your shoulders, come to me, and you'll find rest. In other words, I want it. I'm not running from it. I'm not going, don't find me. Don't catch me. Stop calling me. That's not Jesus. He says, I will touch you. I went for it, and now I want to carry your burdens. Come on. So what's our response? What's our response as I close up? He went. He will. He wants. The only logical response I can come up with is he's worth. He's worth the sharing. He's worth spreading the good news. As I look at this leper, the Bible goes on to say in verse 38, there's this, there's this perplexing part of Jesus' early ministry where he wanted to minister more and he wanted to reach more people. And in order to do that, he couldn't draw too big a crowds because that meant the ticking time bomb of crucifixion was going to come quicker. And so he tells this leper, don't tell anybody. And you might go, why would he say don't tell anybody? Because there's a lot more lepers that I'm trying to reach. There's a lot more blind people. There's a lot more people who need to hear about Jesus. And the more you spread this thing, the quicker people come out, and not just you come out, but Roman centurions and Pharisees and all kinds of things. So, so it says that Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. I wonder if that meant he pulled the finger out. <laughs> See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest. Instead, he went out and he began to talk freely, <laughs> spreading the news. You're like, Pastor, don't you tell us to follow Jesus? This guy didn't follow well. That's because when you have touched the wonder of God, when you have the awe of God move you like, that's, that's such incredible. I don't know how that happened. Oh, my goodness. I can remember my sin and my shame, my regrets. And Jesus washed them all away. And he says, I am right with him. And he set my feet on solid ground. I cannot help but to tell you about this Savior. True. The leper disobeyed God, who was told to tell no one, and he told everyone. But you and I disobey God because he told us to tell everyone, and we tell no one. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the good news. Tell them you just got baptized. Let them sit in that wonder, why would you do that? That sounds different. Oh, people still do that. <laughs> Like immersion? Like all the way underwater? Like could you breathe? How long were you under there, right? <laughs> why would you do that? Let me tell you why. Because he touched me. I find there is a negative correlation between the length of our walk and our wonder. When we, when we start our walk with Jesus, we immediately have this high wonder. Like I can't believe he did that for me. I can't believe he died for me. He was beaten on a cross for me. He bled for me. He took my sins for me. I am forgiven. I owe the, pel the penalty and the payment, and he did it for me. My goodness. Wonder is high. But the longer we walk with God, the more we just kind of like lose that wonder, right? Wonder, uh, length of our walk, lose our, our wonder, and we're just like, uh, yeah, 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 he touched me. The people who hold on to their wonder, I love being around. They're like, listen, it was 1935, and Jesus touched me. <laughs> come on, you're like, come on, tell me that story in 35. <laughs> come on. Or you say, it was 2021. Come on. He touched me. When you hold on to the wonder, 
it still touches people and they go, what, what, who is this king of glory? I think the best way to hold on to the wonder is to tell somebody about the wonder, no matter how long it's been. Then watch their wonder start to turn into faith. Like the four people in the next account who took someone on top of a roof, dug a hole through and said, I'm telling you, if you could be in the same wonder maker, if you could still be in the same presence of this guy, he will touch you. And the Bible says Jesus talked to the four people, not the paralytic. He talked to the four and he said, because of your faith, I forgive you of your sins. Oh, you think that paralytic didn't have awe and wonder in their heart? Oh, it sounds like four more people about to go out and tell them about the wonder of God. And it becomes a, a flywheel of wonder. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. Never lose the wonder. In fact, here's your homework this week. Somebody had to tell the leper, if you go see Jesus, he can make you whole. And so the leper audaciously tried. Your homework this week, go tell somebody else, if you go see Jesus, he can make you whole. That might be through prayer right now. We'll go together in prayer. I'll introduce you to Jesus. That might be you could come to my small group. You might be, you could come with me on a Sunday morning. I have trouble explaining it, but you could come with me on a Sunday morning. It doesn't matter. Help people find Jesus the way the people help this leper find Jesus. It'll make them whole. Can I get an amen? So I finished today. He went, he will, he wants. It wasn't just for a leper, it was for you. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he was pierced, cut, nails through the body for our transgression, for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten, bloodied, bruised, so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. It wasn't just reserved for the leper. It was reserved for you and I. He went. It's already done. Come on, come on. He will touch you if you ask him today. And he wants you to reveal to him your greatest hurts, your greatest hidings, your greatest uh, uh, things you're holding back. He wants you. And he won't be surprised by it. So today... Every head bowed, every eye closed. You start to realize, I've been isolated a little bit. When it comes to religion or being right with God, I've been on the outskirts. Maybe like a leper who feels like I'm not good enough to come inside the city or to hang with everybody else. Or I'll never be like him or I'll never be like her. And, and, and God is saying, he went to you. He's here with you right now. Even online, he is meeting with you and tugging at your heart because he's saying, today's your day. Today's your day to realize that you are not, not, you're not the scum of the earth. You are not lower than low. You are not meant to be isolated. What men meant to do to you, God has sent his Savior to bring you healing and to draw you into the family. And he will touch you today, and he wants to. If that's you today, and you say, Pastor Drew, would you include me in a prayer? Or I want to come back to him. Listen, I'm not going to call you to the front, and I'm not going to make you stand up. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Pastor Drew, today is the day I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Would you throw your hand high up into the air real quick and then put it down? Because I'm just going to include you in a prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, so many hands. Thank you. Come on, church, start celebrating with those who are getting freedom. It's not too late. You say, that's me. Include me in that prayer too. Even online, you say, that's me. Write it in the chat. Include me. 
This is an exciting day because Romans says, if you'll believe in your heart, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. He will bring times of refreshing over your life as he wipes away your sins. So I'm going to ask everybody to raise their hand, everybody who wanted to raise their hand, and everybody else of the church to pray this out loud along with me. Believe it in your heart. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I am a sinner. I've messed up. I've done some dumb things. I've not made you proud. I've not made myself proud. I ask you to forgive me. I'm so sorry I did it. Sorry for hurting you. But I receive your forgiveness right now. Thank you for washing away my sin. By the blood of Jesus. It was spilled by him. On a cross at Calvary. He was beaten for my transgression. He was crushed for my rebellion. And I am now forgiven through you. I give you control of my life. Take charge of my will. Take charge of my emotions. Take charge of my thinking. As I follow you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we celebrate right now all the people who made a decision today? Listen, I'm going just a few minutes over, but we're not done. Please don't move just yet, and here's why. Many of you have made that decision before, but many people in here would say, maybe I've made that decision, but I still need a touch from God. There are areas of my life where I need healing, I need restoration, I need refreshing, I need a faith injection, I need God to touch my situation at work, I need God to touch my children, I need God to touch me. I want you right now to stand up as we sing a song. The whole church right now, stand up. Everybody in this room, even at home. And if you say, I need a touch from God, I just want you to sing this song with hope and conviction. Maybe you don't need a touch, but you know somebody who does. Stand in intercession and sing this song because God wants to meet you right where you are. Come on, let's pray and believe he's going to meet you right now. Something happened And now I know He touched me Oh He touched Just raise your hands up and 
to reach out to the King of Kings. In the, the joy.